0: Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only
1: rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Super pumped to have you here. Today's guest is really, really awesome. He's doing some amazing things in the world. We connected. I've been on his show. He's been on mine. I can't wait to dive into it. Super powerful message. And yeah, you guys are going to love this one. So Colin Morgan is joining us today. We'll get into his intro properly once we start. Today's review I'm going to read on the air comes from Manned United. Lance really nails every topic. He has a real talent to find intelligent, inspiring individuals to work with which is what makes his podcast so enjoyable to listen to. I love his charisma and desire to get down to the real and raw truths on the topics that many shy away from. Give them a listen. You'll be hooked in five minutes. Much appreciated for that awesome review that came in on April 23rd, five stars. Amazing. Thanks so much team. If you haven't gone yet and subscribed on iTunes, please go ahead. I'm so grateful when you do leave us a review after the show, let us know what you think. And we'll continue to keep making impact in people's lives. So appreciate all of you. Get excited for this episode. Make sure you listen to it right till the end because it's super powerful. We'll get right into Colin Morgan right after our sponsor. How would you like to make direct impact of our youth today? So important, right? Well, here's your chance. It's called Aprons for Gloves. What this is, is this is a nonprofit organization created by the Eastside Boxing Club. The whole mission of this is in the community to help improve lives and build community through boxing, right? By having um, a space that supports these members and community involvement, the participants get to collaborate in these different fundraising campaigns so that we can actually see how this impacts the youth, which is really cool. The four programs that are going to be offered, after-school boxing program for the at-risk youth, young adults class for youth working to improve their mental health, free self-defense for females and number four will be moms and tots program. Really awesome thing. So how this works is the event itself is going to be called the restaurant rumble. Now this has been going on for eight years and it's been growing. It's going to be at the common ballroom, August 20th. So people that work in the bar industry, restaurant industry, past or present decide they get together and they commit for three months to train at East side boxing club while raising money. Now, the goal is to hit 2000 bucks. Once you hit 2000 bucks, you qualify for a fight, okay? And depending on how well you've done and how much effort you put in, you may get a contender fight. So I've decided to do this. It's crazy, I know. I, I was just like, wow, when I heard this at first, I said, I didn't know if I wanted to do it. And now I'm doing it, and it's amazing. And it's just such a good cause. It goes with my cause, with University of Adversity, making impact, and that's what I want to do. I want to give, make impact, and do so many things for the youth. It's just, this is a perfect starting point for me, and I'm so excited about it. So what I'm going to do is putting on, I'm going to be raising the money. Hopefully you guys will want to donate. I'm going to be giving this shout out every single episode until August 20th. I'm going to be putting on an event, all this kind of stuff. I'm going to update this as we go on, but the main thing here is this is a great cause. A lot of times growing up, we would have gotten into trouble. I know myself, if I didn't have sports, if I didn't have hockey, soccer, all these things, or at least mentors or people offering these programs, then I would have gotten into trouble, right? Because a lot of times you get into trouble when you have too much time on your hands. These young minds wander, right? You just wanna, you don't have an outlet. And giving this this outlet is gonna create discipline, gonna teach them about nutrition. There's so many amazing things. And at the same time, we get to train for an amazing cause and raise money. So there's gonna be a link There's a link in my link tree, guys. Please donate. I really, really appreciate it. This is for the kids. And I'm going to share this journey. As you guys probably know, you're going to be seeing all kinds of different stuff happening with transformation and stories and videos on my Instagram and Facebook. So it's really exciting. So I hope you guys will join me for this ride and donate Aprons for Gloves 2019 for the Restaurant Rumble. Thanks, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest is a former pro golfer turned entrepreneur. He's also the host of the top-rated podcast called The Daily Grime. Although having a successful career in sales, marketing, and as a professional speaker, he has had to overcome some very difficult challenges in his life, such as physical, mental, and sexual abuse. He has now have a platform dedicated to helping people share their stories and how to prepare them for the next step in their life after a sports career ends. And I was fortunate enough to be on his show and be able to share space with him and share my story. So it's I'm really really excited to have him on and hear all the value that he brings. So Colin Morgan, welcome to the show, man.
1: Lance, man, really uh, appreciate you having on here. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you on the other side. It's always uh,
1: <laughs>
0: it's great because you 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 can get the different perspectives and. You know, I, when you're on someone else's show, you don't really get to know their story as much because you're kind of getting asked the question. So, man, I'm really excited to dive in. Maybe just sort of fill in the gaps. Maybe give us a little bit of background in your story and, yeah, just kind of how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, I'll do sort of a brief synopsis, so to speak. But I guess my my journey started at a very young age. I really had an ideal childhood um, growing up. My parents were entrepreneurs. They instilled in me the belief, which I've kind of taken with me today, letting me know that I can do whatever I want. I can be the person that I want to be. And it's just about hard work and commitment, and dedicating yourself to your craft. And from a young age, it was sports for me. Um, I wanted to be a professional hockey player when I was really young, growing up in Canada. And then I found a real love and passion for golf. And I felt like that was my vehicle in order to get to my, uh, ultimate goal of being a professional athlete. I excelled at a very young age. Like I said, my childhood was so good that I really were on the university of adversity podcast. I feel like I didn't face any adversity, real adversity growing up. Um, things were smooth sailing for me. It came really easily to me. Um, a lot of my successes came easily, it wasn't until I got to university and I had a full scholarship to the States. That's what I felt like I had to do in order to advance my career and reach the PGA tour. So I took a full scholarship, uh, to a university in Oklahoma and there was where I faced my first bit of adversity. And it was during my time in at university and with people involved that I was mentally, physically, and sexually abused for two years. And, um, for a long time, it was, nearly impossible for me to admit that that had happened feel like when I was growing up I'd hear stories of that and I feel like the only people that that happened to were weak people and to be honest women so when that happened to me as a male and as an athlete it emasculated me and I felt like I had to do everything in order to to gain back my masculinity and I had to prove to others that I was a person that I wasn't feeling inside but I was trying to portray it on the outside and I was living a lie for so many years and it wasn't until I was able to admit what happened to me that really, I feel like my life changed forever. And that led me into becoming an entrepreneur, led me into starting this podcast, helping people who go through something similar, who have been through something similar, who will go through something similar to just offer support and let them know that your past is your past. It doesn't define you, but you can learn from it and you can use that as a positive platform in a positive way to share your message and help others. And that's what I hope to do.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, that's, it's powerful and it takes so much courage to be able to accept that and to be able to share that. What was, what made you kind of get over the hump and make you want to share that? You know, what, what was the, what was the the turning point in, in that sense?
1: For sure. I think the day after the real incident that happened to me occurred, I kind of in my mind and in my body, I'm like, I'm never going to share this to anyone. And I sort of was self-sabotaging to a fact, to an extent, sorry. I was drinking a lot. I was partying. I was doing things to mask my pain and mask what happened to me. And there was a point where very close to after I came home, I almost shared what happened to me with brother and two friends who were with me but it was like one word difference. It was, I was almost sexually abused. And once that happened to me, I felt even worse. I'm like, now I've lied to myself. That was the moment in which I could have shared it out. Now I have to like keep it in forever. Like it was at that point where I'm like, I really could see how people can take their own life. I see how people can go through that. I'm like, I didn't know where to go from there. And to be honest, it wasn't shortly after where, friend of mine from Oklahoma, teammate, he came down to visit for the summer and what turned into a, a week vacation. Um, at this point, I've been playing professional golf uh, to share some context. But during my week visit, it turned into a whole summer. And we had plans on, as a team together, reaching the PGA Tour. He was going to caddy for me. We had a great time. It was really during that time where he instilled in me a lot of what I take today and that's discipline and hard work. He was a military man. So he went to the ROTC and he had, you know, discipline was like in his DNA and he gave that to me, but we were going through the same pain. And at the time I didn't know about that. Um, A lot of time when you're going through pain yourself, you don't see outside of yourself. Um, You feel like you were alone in the world and the only person who's going through anything is yourself. So you can't see anybody else and you can't see anyone else's problems. And it was from one tournament um, during that where we had a disagreement about something had happened. Um, we got in a car after the round, drove two hours, didn't say a word to one another. He packed up, he left. That was the last time I saw him. Um, we had talked together for about two years. And then two years after that, I got a phone call from a friend saying that he took his own life. Oh, and um I mean, it's still tough to be quite honest because he's oh. such a good guy. And um, but it was kind of at that moment where I'm like, yeah, I, I need to do something different because what I'm doing is leading me down that path. And I started to speak to a professional, and they helped me kind of guide me towards the truth. And it was kind of sharing that truth and getting over the fact of like, this happened to me. Why did this happen to me? And then it was like, why didn't it happen to me? Like instead of having that mentality of why me, it was why not me? And I feel like once I had that mentality, I'm like, I have the support system behind me. I have family, friends, amazing girlfriend, people who love me. I can get through this and I can share my experience with others to help. And once I kind of accepted what had happened, I started to share my story more and more and more. I think it's just really been able to help. But to be honest, it was sort of incidents that compounded And me making a decision that I don't want to go that way. I I want to go here and I want to go ahead and I want to make a positive impact.
0: Wow, man, that's, that's, that's heavy stuff. Um, you know, having dealt with suicide in my family, um, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very odd feeling because you Mm -hmm. feel like, man, what could I have done? You know, should I have? Could I have? And you start to think, you start to do that, and it's it's the bad thing to do. You know, it's not the right thing because what's done is done, and all you can do is move forward and understand that. Okay, well, what have I learned from this situation? And man, from the sounds of it, you know that was kind of what. No, I don't want to say what needed to happen, but it's sometimes that shock that to the system yeah. that's like, wow, you know, and. Man, I admire your courage because th- th- it's tough. And you know, what was the biggest thing that you were worried about with com- with your story? Because was it the was it judgment of others? Was it what they would think of you? Like, what was the biggest worry that you had?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's all the kind of what you put on yourself. And I think each incident sort of individualized. But like I mentioned, I'm a male. I'm an athlete. Yeah, I'm straight. Like I, I grew up in that sort of mentality and you grew up in, I grew up in sports, playing on sports teams and it's about being masculine, right? It's about yeah. like being powerful, not showing your weaknesses, especially, you know, back more so now that's not being the narrative and that's the proper way to teach. But when I was growing up, it was about like, don't show your weaknesses to anyone. Don't show your emotions, push through it, always positive. And it's just like, it's exhausting. So for me, I got really good at masking my emotions. Like from the outside, people would have no idea um, yeah. what I was kind of going through internally. Um, But that's just kind of how I grew up, I guess.
0: I, I think it's fair to say that's the way I was. I grew up too in sports, mm-hmm. you know, in hockey, it's like any emotion is weakness. Yeah. And, you know... <laughs> Which is, which is crazy, you know? And I remember in my family specifically ever telling anybody, but a personal matter in your family is like a no, no. Like my dad was embarrassed to tell anybody that our parent, that he split up with my mom. It was so old school. Like, you know, like who, you know, (laughs) now I look back and I go, who cares? But I was always so afraid of telling people things and it becomes so liberating being able to share your story because You know, it truly impacts people, you know, and it does have, it does, some people need to hear these stories and if you don't tell them, then it's almost like you're, you're robbing them of, 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 of some sort of inspirational moment. You know what I mean? Totally. We all have that, that thing that we can offer the world. And if you hold that in, you don't share that. It's almost being selfish, you know, in a strange way.
1: It is. I think oftentimes we live in what other people, like how other people perceive us. And I really kind of like with sports, I grew up, people thought of me as the golfer. This was people I knew, family, people I didn't know. They'd be like, he's the golfer. And like, I took that identity to the core. Right. And I think that's what a lot of athletes do. And that's why it's really difficult for athletes to transition into something else. Cause you put your whole heart into it and you don't realize that there's an outside world. There's other things out there and you want to live up to other people's expectations of, you know, he's an amazing athlete. He's, you know, he's he's such a hard worker. He's always positive. He's always smiling and you feel like you have to live up to that and it can be exhausting trying to do that. And it's also very, I I completely get it because I went through it. It's also like extremely scary in order to be vulnerable and show that that's not who you are. This is who I am. So I see it both ways.
0: So yeah this is a great this is a great conversation about identity because we as an athlete you become this identity and then when it ends you you're so oh but just one sec I want to pause it yeah man so that, it's very interesting about the identity because as athletes you get so caught up in being that that athlete and anything that has to do with doing things that athletes do and you put all your eggs in that basket i know i did mm-hmm. and, you, and once that doesn't work out it's like now what so maybe can you elaborate on that because how do people make that transition i know that you you're, you you specialize in helping people do that you know how important is that and you know why do we get so attached to that identity and why is that so difficult sometimes to kind of create something new
1: yeah. Well, I think that the same attributes that have made you successful in your sport, I mean, that that's why you've gotten to where you are is because you've had one singular focus. You've been able to quiet the outside noise and focus on what you need to focus on, whether that's through training or and, and during your performance. Like you're so centered in on what it is that you're doing that the outside world is just like all distractions. And that's what you think of it. And more so now, as we see modern day athletes, we see how people are starting to prepare for life after sports and realize that the biggest thing is is who you are as an athlete is not who you are as a person, um, wow. and that's a big distinction for people to make. It's like, yeah. yes, you are amazing at sports. Yes, you may be setting even world records or being at the highest level, but that is not who you are as a person. So instead of trying to worry about your accolades and worry about how good you are in sports, focus on who you are as a person. Focus on not only what you want to accomplish in, in sports, but what do you want to accomplish in life? And I think one of the most important questions to ask yourself is when people interact with you or when people speak about you, what do you want them to say? And do you want them to say that he's a great hockey player, he's a great golfer, or do you want them to say that he's just a great human being? And when I'm around him, I feel more energy and I can feel that vibration and I like it, it uplifts me. And I think it's difficult at times for people to do, but if you can, instead of placing expectations on others in interactions, which I feel like we do a lot of times with family and friends and teammates and coaches, place those expectations on yourself and reverse that back and say, who do you want to be? Because you lead, you can be a leader. You don't have to not, you don't have to be a follower, even if you're not the captain of a team or whatever it is that you're doing, you can be a leader and you can show and set the example but it starts with having that understanding that who you are as a person is not who you are as an athlete. And there's life outside of sports. And if you look at Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett made more money after 60 than he did before 60 combined. Like that just shows that athletes typically when you hit 30, like your career is on the downturn five and a half years typically is the average length. 90% Mm -hmm. of the money you make is between the age of 20 and 30 And that's 90% of the total money you'll make as a person because typically there's nothing else out there for them where they think that there's nothing else out there for them. But having the understanding now, we have social media. You can build a personal brand. You can start a show. You can start a podcast. You can do so many different things, leveraging the attention you have right now that when you're finished sports, you can be excited about the new opportunities ahead of you instead of sitting back going, what am I going to do? Other than just cutting out all of your expenses, because if you continue to spend the way you do, you're going to be left with nothing quickly. Yeah,
0: and you know that's it's it's also to be noted too as an athlete, like you have to have a certain amount of amazing skills to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you may not make it in that sport, but think of what you had to do to be get to where you are. It's amazing. Yeah, we forget that. It's amazing. Get the dedication. Forget the commitment. You know, the team the the, the the team camaraderie. Like there's so many things, intangible stuff we forget about. And I even look back in hindsight and I go, Wow, like I played junior hockey, you know, junior A. And at the time it's like, oh, if you don't make the NHL or college, you're a failure. you're you're shit. That's that's in my head. That's what I thought. But now I'm like, man, think of all the things like all the things you've learned along the way. It's and then they show up now. Like Now I'm like, I get it now, you know, in the big scheme of things, you know, and I think athletes need to be self-aware that, Hey man, or, you know, woman, whatever, that if you're not, if you don't make it in sports, you still have a lot of good tools that you can use, you know,
1: Hunter. And it starts from the top. Like, I I believe it starts with coaches. It starts with general managers. It starts with, you know, OHL, like junior, like you, the coaches have to let the, the athlete know that there is life outside of it. And what you're going to yeah. find is it's all sort of intertwined. If there's stuff that is a little bit rocky in your personal life, it typically will show in your performance. Or if you're not performing well in your sport, it typically shows in your personal life. And if you can get those intertwined and things together where it's like personal life is great, sports is great your relationships are great like you're just going to succeed more as an individual and as a team but it's really about the top I mean you're young right I was 18 years old I I didn't I was like you I'm like I think I'm going to be a failure if I don't reach here I don't want to think about doing anything else because like I'm only going to play on the PGA tour so I don't need to think of anything else yeah but if someone could have stepped in and been like listen okay you're going to make the PGA tour but like what's next like yeah. what can you be doing now in order to set yourself up? Not because you're a failure, but because you could have a second source of income. You could have a third source of income. You could invest your money. Like there's so many things you could be doing, even if you are a professional, but it's really about starting at that early age. But it does start from the top. Cause I agree. Like when you're that young, you're not thinking about those things to be quite honest.
0: Yeah. And, but it has to do with, I mean, I forget your age. I'm 35. How old are you again? 28. Okay. Right. So Mm -hmm. it would have been probably, so when I was getting coached, there was, it was all fear tactics. It was being, you know, not all, some, but lots. Right. And that was the way it was growing up. I remember getting screamed at and yelled at, and that was just the way it was. You know, if you didn't scream at the kids, you were just a softie or, and, and it's changed now and it was also if they made it seem like it was so impossible to make it pro when now i look back it's not it's just a matter of how are you looking at it you know you take one step at a time you know one league at a time one game at a time they make it like it's oh it's one in a million yeah it's hard but a lot of times the people that who we thought were going to make it didn't make it anyway it was the it was the guy or the person that that worked his way through that was just consistent and their mindset, they didn't get distracted in junior with girls and booze. It was that one that just kept the, just, just kept the solid trail. And if I was, if I had more guidance growing up and I think a lot of players to realize that, you know what, if you don't make it, there's still other stuff to do, but it's not that hard to make it. If you're just focused a little bit better. And I just think the whole mindset of how we coach kids, I think has changed a lot. Like I've been talking to people, I, I friends of mine who are coaching in junior hockey and pro they have to do a different approach. Now you can yeah. about developing the human being as a good, a human being first. Right. And all the things that it takes then athlete kind of second, right. Cause you're going to have to be in society and you're going to have to be, you're going to have to have other skills other than the sport. So, um, what are your thoughts on, on, on all that and, and like coaching styles and how important it is as far as like that fear tactic versus, you know, more of like, um, I don't know, developing the human
1: being. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult as a coach cause for some, I mean, fear tactics do work for some, I think it's yeah. not the it's not the right approach because I think that people do things that normally they wouldn't do. Right. And if we look at this is, my situation. But if you look at like abuse situations, typically it's through fear is where fear, love, or admiration is where you do things that you normally wouldn't do in a normal typical setting. But because you're placed in those settings and people have, you feel like those people have control over whether you play, they have control over whether you get the movie or whether you get the promotion or job and they do something or they ask you to do something. And you're like, you feel like you have to do it. Mm. Um, and when you're young in the same way, I always ask, I always ask people this question, you know, cause people like to play like a little game in their head of going through scenarios of like, if that happened to me, I wouldn't do that. And I always ask, you know, think of the most important person in your life, like the most important, and it could be a kid family, but for most people, 99.9% is someone in their family. And my question is, what would you do to protect that person? And for most people, what would your answer be, Lance? Just as an example, what would you do to protect the person? Anything. And that's the exact answer that 100% of people have. Yeah. So to have that role playing in your head of, I wouldn't do that. With these kids, man, like the same way in which you're thinking about your family, these kids place that same emphasis on their dreams. Yeah. The same emphasis on reaching that. So when they're put in these situations, they feel like they have to do it unless you've been in those situations. I mean, i watched the Neverland documentary with Michael Jackson. You're sitting back and most people are like, how the hell are these kids doing that? Why are the parents not seeing the, seeing what's going on? It's like, until you've been there, you just don't understand because there's a, there's a power structure. The person thinks that they have power over them. They feel like they have power so you can do whatever you want because they feel like they're in control. They are in control. But going back to your original question, I think with coaches and athletes and being a leader, I think you need to really understand individually each person and mm-hmm. each person is motivated differently. But if you can all share in a vision and be working towards that vision, ultimately they're going to lead themselves. Like as a team, I'm sure you've been on hockey teams where it's like, I don't even need the coach. And oftentimes that's probably the best coach. It's because he's instilled in you like a vision of where you're going to be that year. And you guys are holding each other accountable to get there. Yeah, And you don't have to, as a coach, be like go into the dressing room or whatnot, and yell at the kids, like, and they're kids. Like, <laughs> I understand yeah. you want to keep a job and you're trying to, you're trying to move forward, but like, it, it's not going to get you anywhere either as a coach, like people typically it's hard to, it's hard to get, you seem to, like, uh, even the NHL, John Tortorella, he's kind of changed his tune over the yeah. years. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to change and adapt.
0: Yeah, the I think the that fear tactic can work but they'll tune them out, you know. Yeah. And, but it's amazing because some some people don't make great coaches. Some are great players but they can they don't make good coaches and vice versa. I mean, Gretzky yeah. the best player that ever lived. But I just think for coaching he was just so talented that he just couldn't he couldn't explain or I think he would just come so easy to him. Yeah. So Man. when it actually comes to connecting with the players and being like why don't you do this? (laughs) Like, it must be frustrating. You know what I mean? So that's why coaching, I think is just such a, it's an underrated thing because you really need to get into the minds of these, these guys, and you need to be able to inspire them in a way that, you know, lifts them up and, and, and you can bring the best out of these people. And that kind of goes into any business, any, any environment, right? Even what we're doing, you're doing like you know, you want to lift the person up, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to hear it and you want to send a po- usually a positive message. Right. And yep. I mean, that stuff kind of, that stuff kind of comes from sports and kind of leads into everything else. And you know, I
1: completely agree. I think some of the, lead, like you look at Tony Robbins, who's probably widely considers the the best leader in the world. I think he could coach a hockey team, a football team, a baseball team. Yeah, He could be an Olympic coach, he, but he would be the best coach because what he understands is that the things he's not good at, maybe the tacticians of think he would find someone who's an expert in it, but he would be focused on being a leader, not being a coach. Yeah. And I think that when you can kind of change that tune a little bit, I think that you, I, I mean, we see it. That's what makes the best coaches. Cause they like players believe so much in them. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So t- tell me more about I, I'm I'm curious because I, I I know a lot of the listeners want to hear more about your podcast and you know how has it impacted you, and maybe what what has been the biggest impact that you've had from it, in in your life and maybe and then we can talk about your business and how that's uh, kind of come into fruition as well.
1: Yeah, I mean I stumbled upon podcasting. Um, sort of organically. I saw some other people listening to podcasts. Um, I came across Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas, who's doing it seven days a week, which is crazy. Um, And I started listening to a show and I'm like, I wonder if I could be on that show. And I reached out and somehow he decided that uh, I'd be a good guest. And that was my first podcast that I ever did. And I saw the huge benefits of it. I was working with my father at the time. We saw huge benefits as a business side. So I decided that this makes sense in a business setting. Um, I'm going to kind of follow a lot of these models that I'm seeing. And why don't I start my own show? And I knew kind of at that time, I'm like, I need to dive in deep for me doing it once a week. I feel like it would have fizzled out after maybe like a month or two. I may have gotten tired from it. So I'm like, let me commit to this. Let me do it five days a week. I'll interview people similarly. I'll, I'll ask my questions that I want to ask selfishly because I wanted to get the answers to it. Um, but I didn't really believe it would kind of turn into what it has turned into I, what kind of more was like a hobby and me trying to just get some information. Networking man is an, is an amazing thing. And when you, it, it's weird, right? Cause before I did this, having thought that I could speak to some of the guests that I've had on would have been like, maybe when I'm at a show or something like that I could meet him when he's on stage or when he comes off I could shake his hand but it's weird how when you reach out and you have a show and you ask them to be interviewed how most people will say yes to that because they love to share their story just as we're doing now to make that positive impact and I started reaching out to big guests and I got I got yeses and all of a sudden just organically things started to grow my network's grown and Now it's almost like I have this like tribe behind me and no matter what I need, I'm able to reach out strategically be like, I'm really, I really need help with this part of my business. Like Facebook ads. I've interviewed five people who are Facebook ad specialists. I can reach out to speak with them directly, get help from experts. So no matter what it is that you're trying to do, because that network is growing, it allows you to just exponentially grow at a really rapid rate because you go back to that Tony Robbins thing I think of. Right. He's a great leader because he finds people to do what he's not good at, and that's sort of what I've taken from it. But it's it's amazing, really. I, I never thought I'd be a podcaster, but now when people ask me what I do, I'm like, I'm a podcaster, man. I make money through a podcast. It's really funny.
0: Yeah it's it's a pretty it's a pretty crazy time, and it's a very interesting time as well. I mean, mm-hmm. to be able I know exactly what you mean. And I mean, I've only done it. I've, I'm about. I'm not. I'm way behind you. I've only done almost 50 episodes, I think, in only about four and a half months. But you know, I'm seeing what you mean when you reach out to people. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty amazing. The world becomes a lot smaller, and it does. it's it's really interesting how you can become connected and you get to share these these stories and kind of where it takes you, you know, and. And I, I, I talk about this in other episodes as well. It's like when you get messages from people and they say, wow, that show really impacted me, you know, someone's like that, that guest or that, and, and you're like, wow, they, that's, that's amazing. They're actually listening. And when you start yeah. to get that a few times, you know, because at first people think, oh, nobody's going to listen. Nobody's going to listen to me because they don't take their story serious enough or what they're doing. And then I know I didn't at first. And then I realized, I go, wow, this is actually making impact. And then once you get that flowing, you get that fulfillment of helping people. It's, uh, man, it's, it's amazing. And
1: yeah, it's like word of mouth too. Right. I mean, I think yeah. with anything that you start, it starts with family and friends. I think the first episode I did, even with a big guest, like John, like 50 people, maybe listen to the show. Like when I look back and like, that's grown up to over 5,000 and wow. like it's, it's shocking that it's, that it's at that number. Like, I still can't believe it, but a lot of it has to do with just that consistency and I'm not focused on the numbers, right? Like for me, I'm just focused on, I would much rather get an email every week to be like, this is how you've impacted me. Thank you so much. Or someone hops on a 15 minute call. Like to me, that's what really matters numbers to me likes on social media. Like I've been through shit my life. That doesn't matter to me. The opinions of others, like getting that, getting that yes from people like, really, truly doesn't matter to me. It's about really helping and impacting people. And that's what I truly, truly look to do, no matter what I'm doing, is just make an impact. Even if it's on one person, if one person took the time to listen to this today, man, I'm so thankful for it. Like, It's really amazing. And I feel like if you have that mentality, I think it just grows and grows and grows because people can feel that you're genuine about it.
0: Yeah, man, I I totally 100. We're on the same page, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what I think too. And I think that's why we have such good conversations because I know we're both you know real legit people that just want to make impact. And it's it's amazing too. Like some of the people you talk to, you go in some impact you more than others. Yeah. And sometimes you go in thinking, "Wow, I don't really know where this is going to go," and it goes super deep. And in some, it's like it's not as deep as you wanted. It's really interesting. What, who's been, who's, I'm not going to say your favorite guest because you have a lot, but who's been the most impactful that's left that like imprint, that, that mark, like, whoa, that was, that was powerful, you know? Like maybe yeah. expected, maybe unexpected, but was just like, wow, that was, that was good. You left feeling like, you know, pretty, pretty high from it.
1: I have to go into, uh, I'm going to pop into my website here just to take a look. Cause there's been over, I think today was 3:42, So there's been yeah. so many, but there was, there have been, you know, some recently that have making, that have made a big impact for sure. So let me, uh, let me just check, check here. Cause I want to give you a good answer. I don't want to yeah, give
0: you yeah, that, for like, sure. And I'm sure people me, want to hear that too, because yeah,
1: t- to me, it's not like a big guess. I think a lot of times big guests are great, but it's more so like for clout, you know, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, more yeah. so like for your own ego or to let people know like, Oh, my show is great. Like, I feel yeah. like that's why I want a lot of people on. Right. And I think you <laughs> kind of get that, like, well, people are going to think I'm unreal. Cause I got to speak with Seth Godin, you know? So, yeah,
0: well, that's the thing. And I'm noticing too, it's those ones. I find a lot of the big names as amazing as it is. And I'm still striving to do that too. They, a lot of them have been on a lot of shows and they've shared their story a million times, but some of the ones I've found is the ones that there's some stories that haven't been shared that much. And you're like, wow, that was, that was, that was crazy. And those are the ones that are, I find super impactful too, because they don't get to share it as
1: much. Totally. You know? Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. I found one for you. So this guy, his name's Ruben Gonzalez. He's the luge man. Okay. He is making a stride in the next Beijing Olympics to be the oldest Olympic athlete. Ever at 59 years old. Wow. uh, He took up the, the sport of luge at 21. He'd always wanted to be an Olympic athlete, small, undersized, not athletic, but he worked his ass off. He listened to mentors and people. He did everything. He became an Olympic athlete. He's done it multiple times. He speaks to people about overcoming adversity and about pushing through peak performance. He's been on the stage with amazing people, but just his genuineness. Yeah. I remember speaking to him and I think you hear like energies off of people, you know the same thing. You've yeah. been doing this for months. You just feel it and yeah. after that show I just got that feeling of like yeah, I need to be doing more. Like that's that's <laughs> yeah. what I felt like. I'm like I need I need to be better from this.
0: Like yeah. he
1: inspired me to do so much. He gave me so much information. After he helped so much. So shout out Ruben Gonzalez if, if yeah. you know this man.
0: <laughs> I um I would love to. I would love to have him on, man.
1: Well, let, let's make it a point. I'll show. I'll share an interest. So I'll. This is a yeah. accountability, right? So people listening to this, you, I'll share oh, an sure. intro to Ruben, and we'll have him on the show here. And I'd
0: I'd love to get some of the some of the guests I've had too, man. I've had some freaking some crazy guests that I was yeah. like, how am I talking to this person? They're bore, they're more <laughs> like you know, quadruple what I you know what I mean like they're making hundreds of millions of dollars, and I'm having a conversation. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I like that. And there's, there's some people and that's what I'm trying to do too. I'm trying to find these unique stories that haven't really been shared yet because mm. that's super fulfilling, you know, to be able to, cause people can relate to that stuff. People can relate to, you know, the people who haven't been on. Cause a lot of times these people have been on every show out there. Everyone's trying to get same the same story,
1: ep- same episode, man. I've been through it.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, I, I love it, man. What about, so as far as you're doing it as a business podcast, what else are you working on? So we can maybe, um, if anybody wants to, you know, check out your businesses and what else you're doing as far as like advertising and marketing, maybe just, can you kind of dive into that a little bit and then we can maybe send people your way?
1: For sure. So, I'll share like one of the things that I'm super excited about is coming up. And this is actually inspired by, you know, my friend who passed away, JB, his mom. Um, I spoke to her for the first time since it happened about um, two months ago. And she had, you know, inspired me so much. And she's like, Colin, you need to share your story. You need to share your message. So, I'm going to be sharing my message across university campuses across North America starting next year. So, I'm super excited to be doing that and and being able to help and impact um, kids. And they are kids, even when they're 21, they're still kids, it's still young. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. But if you want to connect with me, you can visit dailygrindpodcast.com. Um, there, there's a lot of resources that you can get to. Uh, specifically, I have a daily grind planner um, that you can download for free and ensure that you set up your day properly, that you show gratitude, that you do things that you need to do on a daily basis to take one step closer to your goal every single day if you want to follow me on Instagram, I can share that link, um, colinmorgan.dgp, I think. I don't even know my Instagram handle, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I post there uh, quite a bit on my stories. But any anyone who wants to reach out to me, whether on any social platform, through my website, through email, questions you have, you want to shoot me an email, hop on a 15-minute call, just vent, um, I'm open to it.
0: Man. Awesome. Yeah. We'll make sure we have that in the show notes. I really like your Instagram stories, by the way, for your guests. I I was, I was looking, you guys make sure you check him out on Instagram. He's got some awesome stuff. Good content. Um, yeah, man, I, I really truly love what you're doing. I feel like we're, we're, we're on the same page here on the same path and being able to, this is something I wanted to do too. Uh, is is eventually you know go around and talk to these these university students and these athletes, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of shed some light, you know, because man, you got one opportunity at the, well, you, not one opportunity, one opportunity when you're that age to kind of make it if you're trying to make it in sports, you know, and it's like such yep. a, a game of inches, right? One inch too far, too much to the left, to the right, you don't make it. So it, it's good to have somebody that's kind of walked the walk to spread that that message, and that's 100%. awesome. Man. 100%. So well done for that, man. Um, so one more question before we wrap up, man. I um, I always ask this; it's the one question I always make sure that we get in. If you could think of what, the one thing to give to the audience to overcome adversity, to go on to become successful in their life, or to get through a particular situation, what would that one tip be?
1: Hmm. To overcome adversity. Yeah. All right. Well, I think overcoming adversity means making a change. I I truly, you have to make a change in some aspect of your life. And I'll share this very briefly. But if you hold up your fist, this is like the universal symbol for power. So, like when when you're excited, you fist pump. When you're angry, you use a fist. And if you want to make a change, you need to make this fist. And there's five pillars to making a change. Yeah. Start off with the first one. This is the most important. It's holding up number one. That's accepting that you need to change. Mm -hmm. That's knowing that what you've done so far hasn't put you in the situation you want to be in. And now you need to accept what happened to you that you aren't where you want to be, but it starts with acceptance. Number two is a really fun finger to put up, not giving you the finger. Yeah. Once you've accepted it, now you can start to become self-aware and understand those bad thoughts and behaviors that have put you in this scenario. Yeah. And when those come up, you can start to realize what's happening and you can say F you no more. It's not going to happen to me which leads to number three. This is a ring finger honeymoon stage for people who are married. This is where you see your greatest results because you replace those negative behaviors with good thoughts and positive behaviors. And it's like when you go to the gym for the first month or two, you see your greatest results. It's the same thing what happens in your life. And then number four, it's the smallest, most forgotten easiest to break. Most people break this finger and I consider this consistency. Now that you've implemented those positive behaviors and thoughts, you need to be consistent about practicing them on a daily basis. It's easy to see results for a month, for a year, but to see them year after year, that takes consistency. And the glue, which glues this all in, which makes this happen on days where you don't want to get up because you feel like shit. And you don't feel like doing what you're supposed to do. You feel like going out with friends instead of doing work. This glues it all in and this is having a vision for what you want. And you need to be able to taste what you want. You need to be able to see what you want because that's going to push you through that adversity. That's going to make you do things you never thought you'd be able to do. And if you can do those five things, you will create a powerful, lasting impact and change in your life. So I'll leave you off with that.
0: Brother, that was... That might be the best one we've had on the show. I'm not kidding. That was fucking gold. That was was really, really great. And I appreciate it because that is tactical stuff that people can apply in their lives. And that is awesome, man. You got a real talent for this stuff, man. You're a great speaker, great communicator. And I'm so glad that I got to bring you onto the show. And I'm sure a lot of people got value from this. So I'm really excited for this episode to come out. Really appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Lance. You're doing an amazing thing. Everyone who's listening to this, you find value. Do Lance a favor, man. Hit that subscribe button. Leave him a comment. Share it with friends. Everything helps grow the show, I'm telling you. And uh, Lance is doing a great job for you guys. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks, guys. Check out Colin Morgan. Make sure to go to his Instagram. Check him out. Check him. Give. Hop on a call with him. You won't be disappointed. it will help you out and put you in the direction you need to go. So Love and appreciate all you guys. Have an amazing day. Hey, I hope you guys love that as much as I loved recording it. Make sure you connect with Colin Morgan. Go to the Daily Grind podcast. He's an amazing guy. We have a lot in common. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review or leave us a review, whatever. Everything helps. We want to keep growing and getting this in as many lives as possible. If you were affected by this podcast or it helped you in any way, please let us know. And we want to continue to bring value day after day. So. The second um, review today I'm going to read out is from Samantha Flatman. Love this podcast. Not to be missed. She gave us five stars. Appreciate you, Samantha. That came in on April 22nd. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody. And we will catch you next time just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.